You can support the Reality Check podcast on Patreon, GoFundMe, or by purchasing one of my books. Links down in the show notes below. Welcome to the Reality Check podcast. I'm Zachary Phillips. So right off the bat, I've got a special announcement for you guys. I've gotten into teaching courses on Skillshare. Skillshare is a place where you can watch a bunch of experts in their fields teaching you topics. It's it's amazing value and I'm using it myself to learn how to write better, how to create content better and a bunch of other skills. And I figured that given what I'm doing online, it's only natural that I start teaching it as well. My education and work experience background is as a secondary teacher and as a martial arts coach. So it seems only natural that I move into teaching. The first course that I've released is on meditation, specifically mindfulness meditation for managing mental health. If if I could get everyone to do one thing to benefit themselves, one thing to help their mental health, and it's the only thing I could get them to do, it would be to start a meditation practice, specifically mindfulness. The reason being is, is that for me, it seems like the lead domino for mental health. So there's a bunch of stuff that I think is vital for your mental health, like exercise, writing therapy, seeing regular therapists, um, like a lot of self-care. There's a whole there's a whole lot of little things. But in my experience, the best way to get those little things online, to start them, to be consistent with them, is through meditation. Basically, meditation gives you the space. It gives you sort of some time in between you and your thoughts to take action. So for example, I've now quit sugar and alcohol for the past, I think, about 10 plus months. The only way I'm able to do that is through meditation. Why? Because yes, I still feel cravings. I still feel desires for those things. They're getting less and less, the less I've had it, of course. But meditation allows me to have a bit of mental space in between those thoughts and my actions. But most importantly for mental health, it's it gives me space between, you know, the, the, the thoughts, the emotions, the moods, the mind frames that come from depression and from anxiety and BPD and all the other issues that we all face. It allows you some space mentally. It gives you a chance to focus on what's happening in the present moment as opposed to what you think is happening, as opposed to ruminating about the past or dreading the future. It's what's happening right now. There's a specific example that sort of highlighted the benefits in my life. There's a bunch of examples. But one of them was I was interacting with a person that in the past has caused me a lot of mental duress. However, that was years ago. And, you know, I was dreading seeing this person. But when I did, the the thought, this sort of upsetness thought, for lack of a better expression, sort of jumped out at me. And rather than being sucked in by it, I was able to sort of see that thought and sort of notice myself separate from it. And because of that, I was able to let that thought go and then observe this person and my interactions with this person as it was happening right now. And what I realized was is that in this moment right now, they were completely fine. They'd not done anything wrong. I wasn't offended. Nothing bad was happening. And then when I reflected on it, nothing bad has happened the last, you know, couple of years that I've been talking to this person, but because of the past and because of my mental reactions to the past, I was prescribing negativity onto our interactions 
unfairly. The same thing has occurred for just generic symptoms of depression and anxiety. And all of these things, I'm able to now see them and give myself some time and some space. It's helped me to think clearer, handle stressful situations and interactions better. It's helped increase my focus. Basically, mindfulness meditation is, it's, it's deceptively simple. Your, your goal is to basically keep drawing your attention back to the breath, focusing on the sensation of the breath entering and leaving the nose. Why this matters is your brain will constantly try to pull you away from that sensation. And, you know, the analogy to mental health is, is you will feel depressed, you'll feel anxious, you'll feel worried, you'll feel all of these different things, you know, thoughts of self-harm, whatever it is. But through mindfulness meditation practice, you practice drawing that attention back to your breath, back to the sensation of the breath leaving the nose. So that when in real life, when something does occur, you're able to acknowledge it and then return your focus back to whatever you're doing. So if you're interested in that course, I'll put a link down below where you can watch it right now. And what I'm going to play for you now is the meditation chapter of how to get your shit together. And the course and this chapter go sort of hand in hand. They're very complimentary. Chapter 1.9, meditate. Distracted from distraction by distraction. T.S. Eliot. I practice mindfulness meditation every day. It's the first thing I do after waking and the last thing I do before sleep. Meditation has changed my life. I now have a calmer mental state, reduced anxiety levels, less extreme depressive episodes, a calmer disposition, both in regular life and during emergencies, increased levels of focus and clarity, increases in mental and physical performance, better interpersonal relationships, as well as a deeper understanding of myself. My experience with meditation is not unique. Millions of people around the world are taking up mindfulness meditation and achieving similar results. And science has taken notice. Study after study is finding that there are many benefits to undertaking a regular meditation practice. Some of the stated benefits include reductions with anxiety, depression and stress, positive impacts on relationships, emotional state and attention levels, and the enhancement of psychological well-being. Although I've read extensively on the topic and received some formal training, I'm by no means an expert meditator. My hope is that this chapter will give you a taste of the benefits and practice of meditation, because along with diet, exercise and therapy, meditation is a must for anyone who wants to get their shit together. The overall impact of mindfulness meditation is that a meditator begins to see mental phenomena as distinct from their mind. Meditation doesn't stop the thoughts, feelings, memories, emotions and moods from arising in the mind. Rather, it takes away their power. It enables you to detach from the mental phenomena for long enough to see them for what they are. Just another stimulus that can be attended to or ignored. You are not your thoughts. You are something that has thoughts. This is an important distinction to understand, but more importantly to feel. Meditation shows you that whilst you may have so many different mental phenomena throughout the day, these phenomena themselves are neither good or bad, strong or weak. They are simply there. Unfortunately, without meditation, it's almost impossible to feel it. It's easy to get carried away down a train of thought that leads to mental affliction. Not convinced that you are not your thoughts? 
What if I was to ask you, are you your big toe or do you have a big toe? Other than by laughing at me, how would you respond to the question? Likely that whatever you are is more than a mere appendage all the way down there at the base of your feet. Despite its connection to your body and your ability to move and feel from it, you intuitively know that you are not your toe. This is true even when you stub it and are suffering in pain. Your toe doesn't feel the pain. You do. So why then do most people believe that they're their thoughts? Likely because thoughts seem somehow closer, more powerful, or more compelling than your big toe. Their proximity to you may be closer, but they are still distinct from you. I want to propose that, just like the big toe, you are not your thoughts. You are the thing that's having them. And meditation will show you that distinction. There are many different ways to meditate, each with their own variations, nuances, and psychological impacts. While I can't speak for all of the benefits or practices, I can talk about how I meditate. I primarily practice mindfulness meditation, also known as Vipassana. This practice originated out of Theravada Buddhism, but as I'll address below in the Addressing Misconceptions section, it is completely secular, a completely non-religious practice. Because at its core, mindfulness meditation simply involves observing the breath. Feelings come and go like clouds in a windy sky. Conscious breathing is my anchor. Tich Nhat An. How to meditate. Sit comfortably and set a timer. Any seated position will suffice, in a chair, cross-legged, half or full lotus. Start with five minutes, and as you get into the habit of meditation, increase this time. I usually do 25 minutes each session, but sometimes I sit for as much as one hour. Close your eyes and move your attention to the sensation of the breath entering and leaving the nose. Don't attempt to change the depth or speed of your breath, just observe it. When any mental phenomena arises, gently acknowledge it and return your focus to the sensation of the breath entering and leaving the nose. Mental phenomena includes any thoughts, feelings, memory, sensations, moods, as well as any physical sensations that arise. Continue this process of returning your focus to the sensation of the breath until the timer signals your session has finished. That's it. Mindfulness is a simple yet deceivingly difficult process of continually returning your attention back onto the sensation of the breath. Almost as soon as you sit down to meditate, your mind will begin to wander. This is completely normal and to be expected. The act of meditation involves first noticing when your mind has wandered, acknowledging that it has wandered, and then gently returning the focus back onto the breath. The goal is that the skills gained whilst meditating will transfer into regular life. If at any stage of the day, a thought or memory arises that seems particularly powerful or distressing, a meditator can draw upon the skills that they have gained whilst meditating. This will help them to acknowledge that they're having the thought and to focus their attention back onto the breath, or whatever else they happen to be doing at the time. This way, troubling mental phenomena will be less impactful. Whenever a mental phenomena arises, it's the meditator's job to acknowledge it and return the focus back onto the sensation of the breath on the nose. This sounds easy until you try it. Your mind will seem like it's playing tricks on you, or with the goal of getting you to stop meditating. Regardless of what comes up, it should be noticed and acknowledged, and then let go of. Then you are to simply return your focus back onto the sensation of the breath, entering and leaving the nose. If you feel bored, 
Don't stop meditating. Instead, notice the boredom, acknowledge it, and return your focus back onto the breath. If you have thoughts of time wasting or urgent tasks that need to be completed, acknowledge these feelings and return the focus back onto the breath. You'll experience mental phenomena of all varieties, from the pleasant to the negative and even mundane. These should all be treated the same. Change won't happen overnight, but it will happen. Think of meditation like working out at the gym. Just like you wouldn't expect to become lean, strong, and defined after one session, meditation may not have an immediately noticeable impact. But if you keep turning up, you'll start to see improvements. Over time, it will get easier to focus your mind onto the breath, and you'll notice positive changes in your regular life. You'll find that you are less quick to anger, able to say no to temptations, and able to stay calm under increasing levels of stress. You'll not develop superpowers or immunity to pain or illness, but you'll notice a positive impact on your mental state. If you meditate regularly, even when you don't feel like it, you will make great gains, for it will allow you to see how your thoughts impose limits upon you. Your resistance to meditation are your mental prisons in miniature. Ram Das. Common Misconceptions About Meditation 1. Meditation is not religious. Although many religions have a form of meditation practice built into them, mindfulness meditation itself is completely secular. Your belief or lack of belief in a deity or your level of devotion at church, mosque, temple or shrines has no impact on the effect of meditation. Mindfulness meditation is simply an observation of the breath. There is no invocation of any deity, use of religious words, worship or idolatry, just observation of breath. At its core, this approach is actually similar to the approaches of many different religious practices. Prayer repetition, prostrations, the use of rosary beads, fasting, rituals and chanting all involve focus on a particular stimulus to the exclusion of all else. Although not the same as mindfulness meditation, the practice is similar enough to provide some benefits to practitioners. There is a reason these practices are so pervasive amongst disparate and competing religions, namely that mindfulness has positive benefits, regardless of religious overtones. 2. Lifestyle changes are not necessary. All you have to do to start meditating is to find the time to start meditating, and do it. You don't need to give away your possessions, join a cult, quit your job, or become vegan. You just need to start meditating. Just like how meditation is not religious, it's also not moral. That is not to say it's immoral, rather that the act of meditation inherently has no moral status. You are just observing your breath. That being said, meditation will force you to look at the mental phenomena that arises in your mind. If your actions are immoral, inconsiderate or deceitful, you will be repeatedly confronted by such feelings. This has led to changes in the behaviour of some people, but not in all. 3. Joining a meditation group is not necessary. You can start meditating right now without the help or support from any formal teacher or group. However, like all things, some people get a lot of benefit from having like-minded people around them with the same goal, as well as with the teachers supporting them in the process. Given that meditation is a completely internal affair, it can be hard to know if you're doing it right. These kinds of questions can be best addressed by an experienced teacher. Unfortunately, meditation groups can be a mixed bag. Some are highly traditional or religious and combine the mindfulness meditation practice with chanting, rituals, incense, clothing, and other spiritual paraphernalia. 
This is appealing and helpful for some, but very off-putting to others. If you want to find a teacher or class, shop around until you find one that suits your needs. Until then, keep practicing on your own. When to start? Start today. Start right now. A lot of people hear about the benefits of meditation and state that they can't start now because they're not in a good enough place to meditate. This is like saying you're not fit enough to start exercising or too unhealthy to begin dieting. Meditation will help you to address the problems in your life, if only by helping you to approach them in a calmer manner. It will never feel like the right time to make any change. You just have to begin. In time, the benefits will come. Take action. Using the method described above, start meditating. Make sure you find a place that is relatively quiet and one that you won't be disturbed for the duration of the session. Set a timer and begin. Remember to keep gently returning your attention back onto the breath, regardless of the mental phenomena that arises. Meditate each day, gradually increasing the time to a level that best works for you. If you're looking for further advice on how to meditate, there are two resources that I think are must-reads. The first one is called The Mind Illuminated. This one is written by Kaldasa, aka John Yates. And the second one is Mindfulness in Plain English by Bunti Gunrantana. I strongly suggest you start your meditation practice, and then if you find yourself wanting some more advice or ideas, go to one of these books. They really will help get you started. Frequently Asked Questions When meditating, what position should I be in? Should I lie down, sit up, chair, no chair, eyes opened or closed? Do I have to sit in a particular position? And how do I hold my hands? Provided that you keep returning your attention back to the sensation of the breath leaving the nose, don't worry about the rest of the details. They really don't matter. Ideally, your meditation position will be comfortable, but not so comfortable that you fall asleep. Personally, I like to sit on a meditation cushion supported by a chair, sitting cross-legged or in a full lotus position with my eyes closed. This is just what I found that works best for me. Some people prefer to stand, some people prefer to lay down with their eyes closed. Ultimately, practice with a few different variations and find what works best for you. How do you deal with the pain or numbness that can occur while meditating? The technical answer is that pain is another mental phenomena that is to be noticed, acknowledged and let go of, like all other mental phenomena. Of course, this is easier said than done, particularly for beginners and particularly when the pain becomes intense. The next time the pain arises, just look at it. See it for what it is and watch to see if it passes. If it grows or becomes too much, slowly shift your body away to alleviate the pain and return your focus to the breath. I feel like I'm wasting my time and that meditation is not working. Common mistake for meditators is to be simply thinking with their eyes closed. Make sure that you're not sitting down to meditate and actually spending all your time mulling over your problems or planning what you're going to do that day. Remember that thinking in any form is a type of mental phenomenon to be acknowledged and then you return your focus to your breath. If you're practicing mindfulness meditation properly, it will take some time, perhaps months, to see any real benefits. But rest assured that they will come. When is the best time and place to meditate? I like to meditate as the first and last things I do each day. I find that it's a great way to prepare me for the day as well as to decompress before sleeping. 
I don't have a particular dedicated meditation spot, but I prefer to be outdoors in nature wherever possible. Some people find that dedicating a particular time and place to be very beneficial to their practice, as this ritual nature adds to the regularity and priming of the meditation. These people will often make a shrine of salts, complete with a candle, incense and other paraphernalia. Whilst not necessary, this can definitely be helpful to some. Still others will prefer to practice their meditation haphazardly without the aid of ritual and routine. I would suggest that you start by meditating at a consistent time each day that is convenient to your lifestyle in a place that you won't get disturbed. From there you can experiment with any of the above approaches and find what best works for you. However, the general consensus is early morning, as soon as you get up, in a dedicated spot. Summary. By focusing on your breath, you are able to calm and focus your mind. When a mental phenomenon arises, acknowledge it and return your focus back to the sensation of the breath, leaving the nose. So thanks for listening. And if you're interested in checking out the Skillshare course, there's a link down below, as well as a link to the blog post version of the meditation chapter that you just listened to for how to get your shit together. It's out now as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Just click down, it'll take you maybe 30 seconds, and it will just be a massive, massive benefit. I can't stress enough how important it is to help me by rating and reviewing because it just lets people know that you're enjoying the podcast and helps sort of boost me up on the rankings on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever else you're listening to it. It's a simple, free and quick way that you can help support and just, I read them and I'm just continually blown away by the the positivity that's coming back and it just inspires me to keep going with all this stuff. So yeah, chuck up a review. I'll massively appreciate it. Thank you.